We're looking at Mark's very economic gospel. Boy, with Mark, words are, he has an economy of words, doesn't he? He's just very short and sweet and to the point. I know you wish he would become your pastor sometimes because I'm not quite as succinct as Mark is, but in bread, in, in, in folded in this passage is this sense of calling, isn't it? It's, it? Yes, it's about the kingdom. Yes, it is about the good news of God in Jesus, which of course is himself. When it says that Jesus comes proclaiming the good news of the kingdom, the good news, the gospel, Jesus is coming to proclaim himself, the gospel of God. What is the gospel of God? It's the person of Christ. It's that Christ is God the Son, come into our world, come to fulfill all the prophecies. Two weeks ago, you heard me preach on the baptism, those very few verses, and I tried to unpack those verses and show that with each phrase that is said about Jesus from the Father, as the Spirit is poured out on him, there is, it is an unpacking of all these prophetic words about who the Messiah would be, who Jesus was. And Jesus says, this is me. I'm God rending the heavens. I'm God coming and offering myself where Abraham was asked to offer, offer his son Isaac. It is me. I am the one who comes, the anointed one, to bring justice and peace and salvation. So Jesus begins this ministry, and he immediately begins to not only proclaim the kingdom, but to call others to join him in that work. And so we come on for two reasons on Sunday mornings. We come first to worship God, to, to recommit ourselves to being his followers, to being those who recognize that he is king of kings and lord of lords, that he is lord, he is master, he is ruler of our lives. But secondly, we come to become equipped and to recommit ourselves to going out in the calling that God has placed upon our lives. You see it in the other lessons as well. Jeremiah, Jeremiah is saying, why haven't you called on me as father? Why have you instead gone into all the sin and debauchery that, that Jamie so eloquently read for us a few minutes ago? And then in the psalm, there's that call upon God for his mercy and grace. Look for him for salvation. Oh man, that was my prayer this morning as I began to, to listen to the words of the psalm. And then Paul in 1 Corinthians 7, talking about whatever state God called you in, remain in that state. If a bond slave, if one who has given yourself over to legal servitude, then it's okay to stay in that state, or if free, but, but, to, but, to, but it's about the calling on each of our lives. So how does Jesus begin? He begins by calling four, four disciples, four followers. They would be a part of his apostles. They would be eventually that 12 that would be called, but he calls these four. Now, if you were here last week, you probably would put together that what Father James preached on last week from John 1, and following is pretty much a parallel track to this. So obviously, the, the writers of the lectionary, or at least Father James and myself, feel the need to, to focus on this idea of calling in two weeks consecutively, perhaps for those of you who weren't here last week. So we're glad you're here this week. If you are here this week and you were here last week, you will see those similarities. The calling is there between these, these disciples, these bringing 
um, the first followers to Jesus. And we have a very familiar passage. As Jesus passes along the Sea of Galilee, he sees fishermen. Fishermen would have been a common sight along the Sea of Galilee. It was very common. Today, if you were in Israel, if you go to Galilee, you will see fishermen. I remember waking up really early when I got to go there in 97 and um, back before the turn of the century. And I like to say that because it just sounds cool. And I remember seeing all these fishing boats out on the Sea of Galilee. And I thought, you know, 2,000 years, nothing has changed. There's still fishermen out on the Sea of Galilee. Jesus calls them and says, come follow me. Come follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Come follow me. The, the primary calling is always the call to follow Jesus, to become one of his disciples, to acknowledge him as master, to recognize that his kingdom is coming into this world and that we have to either decide to receive the kingdom and allow it to flow through us or we reject the kingdom. The first call is always to come follow Jesus. But the second calling is tucked in right beside the first calling because the second calling is, and I will make you fishers of men. That Jesus is going to use us to work through us to draw other people. Now, it's interesting, uh, Jesus is talking to fishermen, and so he uses an analogy of being fishers of men. Now, this is not the, the kind of fishing that you do with a, 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 a you know, fishing line and hooks and worms or other things. They're not the hooking people for Jesus, but the, the gathering. So, so I called my friend Bill McRae. I thought if there's anybody at Servants of Christ that has a casting net, it's surely Bill McRae. Where's Bill? There he is. And, and so here is a, a casting net because I, I wanted particularly some people... Some of you city folk that aren't from Jacksonville, that don't know anything, or not from Melbourne, don't know anything, this is the casting net. And so this is a net that's designed to be used by one person. Bill said, the problem with this thing is too darn big and heavy, you can't actually operate as one person. And I said, perfect, because that fits particularly well with, with what I want to talk about. When Jesus says, I will make you fishers of men, he's not talking about a, a, a line and a hook and a worm. Or, a, or a, you can tell I'm not a fisherman. But he, he says, I want to use you to be a part of me casting my net. And there's all sorts of stories in the, in the, in the, in the Gospels about Jesus and, his, and the, the first disciples, many of whom were fishermen, of going out and Jesus would tell them to put their net on the other side and they used the nets to draw in fish. Now, probably they didn't use quite this type of net, they used an even larger nets, nets that required multiple people and multiple boats to, to draw these nets around, and then they would pull them together, and then up would come the fish. Jesus says, I am calling you to be fishers of men. Now, I imagine if he was, you know, if he was talking to, to another vocation, he would probably have used something similar. If it was Carpenters, he would say, I, I will make you carpenters, I'm going to make you builders of men, you know. Or if it was doctors and, and nurses and PAs, he would have said, I want to make you doctors and, and uh, healers of souls. Or, or 
whatever the analogy might be, whatever the profession, but it was fishermen that Jesus was calling. And so he, he particularly used that metaphor. But he was calling them to respond. Now, Archbishop William Temple, who a lot of Anglicans quote, is an old, old-timey archbishop, but a godly man. Archbishop Temple said once, he said, in fact, there are two callings upon the life of a person. First of all, there is the calling of a person out of the world to Christ. That is the the call of salvation. To recognize that there's a kingdom of darkness and there's a kingdom of light that is in Christ and we're called to come out of that darkness into his light to become his followers. That is the first calling upon us. But the second calling, Archbishop Temple said, is to be called from Christ to the world. Now, that doesn't mean back into secularism, back back to be what you were before, but rather to be having been brought to Christ to then become convicted that we are called to go into the world and serve and fulfill the very calling that's upon Jesus' disciples this morning, the first disciples, to become those who serve Him, who are called to go out and, and, and bring them in. Again, Jesus is using the metaphor because he's talking to fishermen, but it's broader than just fishing for men, women, and children. It's, it's about gathering people to Christ. It's the work of ministry. Now, it's interesting because the word ministry doesn't actually appear here except in the, the heading above this section in your black Bible. If you've got the black Bible out, the pew Bible there, And it says, Jesus begins his ministry, his ministry, his service, literally diakonai, the word we get in English, deacon, is this word. It's service, it's serving, it's being a servant, as in servant of Christ, just in case you don't catch it, right? We're called, as a parish, servants of Christ. Very rarely do you see that name. There was a Servants of Christ parish in Jacksonville that Beth Kirby's father was uh, rector for a while. Uh, And um, I didn't remember that when the Lord said to me, we need to be called servants of Christ. It's this same word, diokonai, that we get deacon, that to serve. Now, it's interesting because in the couple of verses before, we, we don't get this passage until, until Lent, but it says that after Jesus is in the wilderness, verse 13, it says that the angels were ministering to him. They were serving Jesus, having been tempted of the devil in the desert for 40 days and 40 nights. It's that same word that Jesus begins to do. He begins to serve God, his Father, and his purpose in the world. He begins to serve other people that he might, you know, that he he says, I'm not come to be served, but to serve, to give my life as a ransom for man, to, to, to do the work of serving other people in Jesus' name. And catch this, caught up in Jesus's ministry is his call to call us to ministry. The second calling, 
2018 is going to be an incredible year for servants of Christ. I mean, after 12 years in the desert, you know, the Lord's giving us a permanent building. We're going to be purchasing. There's a contract. We've put now a, a sizable down payment, or a, not a, a binder on that building, thanks to some wonderful ladies that worked over the weekend. And uh, we're going to be moving into that space. It's going to be an incredible year. But if we lose the sense of identity that we're called to be servants of Christ, not just possessors of a building that happens to have the name Servants of Christ written on it, we're lost. And so for 2018, and Father James and I have talked about this, we want to to continue to ask the question of each other, where is our ministry, both individually and collectively? I don't think it's by coincidence that Jesus calls two by two. He will later send them out two by two, but he calls them two by two. They happen to be brother, you know, James and John and Andrew and Peter, but he will call others who are not brothers and he will send them out two by two. You see, I think that's meant to help us understand that this calling to ministry is not to be like going out on our own. Sometimes it's easy, I think, because we're Americans we like to think of my ministry and we, in the singular, and this is the ministry that I do. Well, I don't see that modeled in the words of Jesus and in the teachings of Jesus and in the way he sent out his first disciples. He sends them out together. Again, think about this, this casting net, being fishers of men. When he was thinking about that analogy, it is impossible, especially with Bill McRae's casting net, to do it by one by one. One-on-one. I can't just cast this out. Or can you? Oh, okay. Well, there. Clarification. So, forget about it. You're going to have to have some help. There you go. You're going to have to have some help. To be a part of gathering people for... This is what happens when you bring... You know, Bill and I really didn't discuss that this much. We mostly text messages. But you get the point. And for the younger people, I want them to know, because I know that they only can think, they usually think of the, the hook and line. And it's important to understand this is something that is corporate, done together. Now, let's be honest. There are some of you who um, the Lord has already called, and, and we all know it. We could, we could stand up and say, you know, Mary Langland, we know what Mary Langland has been called to. Mary Langland has been called to, to lead a prayer ministry, but she wasn't always called to lead that prayer ministry. That came at a particular time in her life. David Lacanina, who's off with our, skiing with our kids this morning, is called to do music ministry. No, no one questions that. I mean, it's, it's so evident. Um, Jose Boada is called to do whatever we need him to do, Right? <laughs> This morning, Jose was leading guitar. Some weeks he's playing keyboard. Sometimes he's on percussion. Sometimes he's teaching financial classes. You just never know what Jose is going to do. A long time ago, he did youth ministry. There's lots of things, but whatever. But there are some of us that we know clearly who, what that calling is. There are others of us that are still seeking that calling, trying to find that calling. I just want to say a few things about that. I, I, I think it's so essential. I, I think that we live 
And because of the institution of the church, because, because there are paid professional Christians, which is a bunch of crack, crap. That was me quickly changing words to a PG word. Um, um, ministry cannot be done by a pastor. I don't think it can be done effectively even by a group of pastors. And some churches have multiple pastor staffs, and those can be very helpful, but, but only in, the, in that they mobilize the people of God, the servants of Christ. You see, I think it's meant to be a group activity. Now, our families are a primary ministry. We serve our wives, our children, our husbands, our parents, we serve those in our own. I think there's a clear call in that. There's a, I can make a biblical case easy for that. But I don't think you can say your ministry ends there. Now, there are times that when, when, when the acute needs of our family become so great that we have to pull back and focus on our family. This morning, Jody's home because her thumb is um, uh, hurt, giving her a lot of trouble in the, in the tendons, which is why she's not here. And there are times where I have to feel myself pull back and minister to Jody. But I can't allow her to be my only ministry because the call is too great. The need is too great. The calling can't simply be in our own vocation. Some of us in, in Gainesville have vocations that themselves are given to serving and caring for people, whether it be in the medical industry or in the service industries, um, and in terms of being first responders or are, are being pastors or chaplains, but I don't think it can end with just our, our vocation. Again, the call is too great. The need is too great. Where is the ministry you're called to? Who are those that you're called to minister alongside? Who are the people that you're to be the hands and feet of Christ to? To draw them to Christ. It can be in all sorts of ways. You see, I, I think about what we're about to enter into and the people that God wants to bring us, and I, I can just see ministry exploding with people gathering in groups and teams and going forth. You heard Father James talk about it last week. He mentioned some of the needs. A lot of those needs were, were leaders to step in, but, but those leaders will need others to come and be a part of those groups, those ministries. You see, any of us alone can only do so much. As much of an impact as I think we're making in the city of Gainesville, we can do so much more because the need is so much more. If we challenge each other, we challenge ourselves to find that ministry or ministries that we're called to. For me, one of the special ministries that I feel like God's called me to, above and beyond my work as a pastor, has been working with a couple of our um, our kids, our youth group, Zach and and uh, Hunter. Uh, you probably have seen Zach and Hunter. They they're on the ski trip, seeing snow for the very first time this weekend, and uh, it was my mission to make sure they got on that ski trip. And I'm so glad they're there. Now, none of you, no, the vestry will not would not chastise me if I wasn't taking special time and energy with Zach and Hunter. It's not about that. It's above and beyond that. It's about 
serving the people that God has called us to, whether it be the poor, whether it be youth, whether it be children, whether it be our elderly, our homebound, whether it be one another in discipleship ministries or in outreach ministries, trying to find ways to share the gospel in an evangelistic way. Wherever that ministry is, it is a part of this gathering in that Jesus wants us to be a part. He calls us to himself, and then he calls us to the world. Now, this is not a one-sermon one thing. This is an all-year theme. I, I want to work to find, for those of you who have ministries, to, to encourage you and equip you, to, to help you gather others to be with you in that ministry. For some, it's going to be about helping to discern where your ministry or ministries are. I hope that by, by early June, we have a, a retreat where we can go away and be equipped on how do, I, how do I find my ministry and how do I lead ministry. You see, there are some who already know their calling, but God is going to challenge you in 2018 to step beyond your calling and lead others in that same calling, whether it be prison ministry, whether it be ministry to children, whether it be whatever. Why is this the way that it... Well, Jesus comes proclaiming the kingdom. The time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God is at hand. There are too many people who do not know the love of God. It was pointed out to me this week that when we say that God loves us, which of course is true, we really don't fully understand the love of God because of the fact that God is not just one God, but three persons, one God. In other words, Trinity. Karen Haskell helpfully pointed out to me that when I, when I preached on the baptism a couple weeks ago, I didn't explicitly say that here's God the Father saying to God the Son, you're my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased, and God the Spirit being poured on him. That's such a powerful image of God, the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. But, but this person pointed out to me that the love of God is not simply just God loving me, but God the Father and God the Son and God the Holy Spirit loving me together. Do you want to know what the power of Christian community is, it's the fact that because God dwells with us, not just that I love Mary Coriel, but that I love Mary Coriel along with Mary Langland and Rick Gary and Beth Kirby and Dave Hall, that we together love Mary. Do you see the difference? <laughs> Friends, that is the call to ministry, to serve the master with our fellow servants. Amen? In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, make it so, Lord.